0: Hi, I'm Madeline. And I'm Rickard. We're from the band Elaine. You're watching CMS TV. Giant with I'm a Believer, kind of a uh, tribute to the passing of Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. And I know, Chris, you wanted me to torture the chat room with some other music, but, uh, you know, fuck those guys. That's usually my opinion. Uh, fuck those guys. Well, there was a reason I played that. I, I am a Giant fan. I don't care what anybody else thinks, but I I, I like that band. I liked uh, their, their music. I liked uh, Dan Huff. And, uh, you know, he went on to do a lot of producing things and, uh, you know, who gives a shit what you think? <laughs> I, I was really surprised that, uh, Jackal actually liked that, uh, Macaulay Shanker song because, <laughs> you know, I, I know it's Michael Shanker can do no wrong, but God damn, it was a ballad. And, oh, oh, God forbid we it's play Shanker. a ballad on the show. But it's Shanker. Yeah, but, but see what I'm saying? it's just like, well, it depends on who's playing it. That's when it's acceptable. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> if it was if it was what's his name, whoever's the current guy in in UFO, is that Steve Morse? Is that right?
0: Yeah, the guitarist, yeah.
1: Yeah. If it was Steve Morse, then he wouldn't want to hear it. Yeah, it sucks. It's garbage. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, anyway, I'm sure you're well aware that, uh, Mike Nesmith of the, of the monkeys passed away yesterday. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't know how, what your thoughts are on the monkeys. I mean, my, my, I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, as a kid growing up in the late sixties and early seventies, I was obviously hip to their TV show that ran for two seasons. And, you know, I, I don't think I was old enough to catch it in the initial run, but I did watch it on Saturday mornings on the uh, replay. So, you know, I think anybody in our age group is probably well aware of, of the monkeys as far as the TV show is concerned.
1: Ah, uh, anybody but me.
0: I never saw it. Well, you're, you're a little younger than me, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it was kind of a Saturday TV staple. Uh, probably, you know, as far as the replay was concerned, I think, I think it originally aired like in 66 or 67, 68. I think it only ran two seasons. Okay. And then it replayed again in like 69 and 70. So it always replayed. And I remember it was, it was kind of the TV, uh, lineup of, uh, watching, um, during the whole, um. Sid and Marty Croft, like H.R. Puffin stuff. Okay. You know, during that run, you like like you'd watch HR Puffin and stuff, and then you'd watch the monkeys, and then you'd watch uh, you know, one of those other shows, but that was like Saturday morning TV watching after cartoons. Was it before or after Land of the Lost? Uh it was before. Okay. Land of the Lost was mid seventies. What about that Ruth Buzzy, Jim Neighbors show? Well, that was, that was, uh, said in Marty Croft too, as well. That, that was the Mad Hatter or whatever that was. And it was something about space. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think, wasn't Jim Neighbors involved with that too? I don't remember, Yeah, Yeah, but but it was Charles Nelson, Riley and Ruth Buzzy. Yeah. I I can't remember for the life of me what that was called. Um, I don't know. Well, it was, it was during, they, they would play the monkeys along with those goofy TV shows.
1: It was called the lost saucer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, if, if you grew up in the late sixties, early seventies, uh, and you watched Saturday morning TV. Uh, chances are that uh, you, that you would. Oh yeah, the banana splits was another one.
1: Oh, yeah, that, I remember that one.
0: And and it was all mixed in with that, and and they would play that with you know along with all those other shows, because it, it was just kind of a goofy high jinks show. Sure. And so that's that's my memory of the of the uh, monkeys. I mean, I I know some of their music, obviously, with uh, um, I'm a believer and. Um uh, last trained uh um was Clarksville. Clarksville. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. And and the thing is is that they 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 developed one of those niche uh cult followings. Right. So where when they re uh reunited in ni- was it nineteen eighty six, I think, with the uh aid of MTV. Right. Uh yeah, Jim Neighbors. I knew he was involved with that. Um right nonsense. Jesus. Yeah, it was goofy. I mean, it was just goofy, goofy shows. That's hilarious. Yeah. But uh, they they came back with a vengeance in, in uh, 86 when the original four members of the Monkees got back together and went on a tour and MTV was behind it and broadcast some of their live shows and they put out a record together and all that. I, I just wasn't into all that. You know who's really into the whole monkeys thing? Who? Is um that that guy from uh he he, he works at MMS. Uh that kid, uh, the he musician. Oh local. um Corey Roddick. Yeah, him. He's, yeah, he's really into, in. he's big into the monkeys. Yeah,
1: he's way in. Like he has his own band. Yeah. Monkeys, the the Frodo follox or something. Yeah, yeah, so he
0: he's way into the monkeys.
1: Dude, I know a few people that are way, way into the monkeys. Yeah. Stephanie is way into the monkeys. Really? Yeah. She's, I, I don't get, I don't get it, but, and then, you know, who else is way, way in and actually went to the last show they ever did? Um, Mark Striggle.
0: Is that a fact? Yeah. All right. Well, see, they just have a weird following, you know, it's just like people gravitated to them, you know and for whatever reason you know they they were influential i mean this was at the this was at the height of beatles mania right. and they kind of had a little bit of a beatles sound and you know the other band at that time that kind of was capturing that whole beatles sound was bad, bad finger. okay you know but uh you know it was uh, it was the Millie vanille of pop music back then because <laughs> you know the 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 monkeys uh, didn't perform a lot of their music and that's what, where a lot of the strife came in within the, within the band of the the monkeys right. was that uh, Mike Nesmith and Peter Tork were actual musicians okay, and they wanted to play their own music. And the producers of the TV shows was like, well, you guys are a fake band. You're not like really a band. We just put you guys together from your personalities because Mickey Dolenz didn't even play drums.
1: Oh no! I see. I know nothing about. That. Yeah, Mickey What's Dolans doing?
0: didn't even play drums, but he learned to play drums. Okay. You know to to, to fit suit the show, and then and then Davy Jones. I mean, he was the singer, but you know, and again, you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, learn to sing. I be, I mean, yeah, you got to perfect your your style and everything. But being a singer as opposed to a drummer or guitarist or a bassist or whatever. Mickey Dolans didn't even play drums. I did
1: not know. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so, you know, they, they were just a TV band. Right. But but the but the real musicians in the group, they were just like, Well, why can't we play our own songs? And they're just like, Well, because you're just a TV band, you're not real musicians. Nice. So would you equate them like in the same category as like the Partridge family? Um, yeah, because the only real musician in the Partridge family was David Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, the rest of them were just, they, they weren't musicians. I mean, Susan Day wasn't a musician. Uh, uh, Danny Bonaduce wasn't a musician. You know, they, they, they played the part, but yeah, I, I, it would very, be very similar to the Partridge family. Okay. Of course, the Partridge family was based off of the Cowsills who were actually a musical family.
1: Okay. Man, you know, all this shit, I, <laughs> that is one era of, of, you know, me, Mr. TV, I don't know shit about those shows. Yeah. And, and honestly, most of those I didn't watch, you know, I, I really didn't watch the Partridge
0: family. Well, I don't they, they, know. Were, they were a little before your time though. Cause yeah. you're, you're four years younger than me. I think how old are you? I'm 53. Yeah. Yeah. You're four years younger than me. So, so yeah, that was, that was a very small window. Right. That happened before you were probably going to be watching those type of shows.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's weird, but all those shows, Brady Bunch. I don't know shit about the
0: Brady Bunch. Well, that's because again, that was early seventies. <laughs> right before, yeah. So you know, unless you caught it on the on the rerun,
1: mm-hmm. now
0: you can watch Gilligan's Island?
1: Not an original, no.
0: No, I'm not talking original, but you're but you know the show.
1: Yeah, I, I know of the I mean I I know I mean I certainly I know the characters. I've watched the professor make a
0: fucking radio out of a coconut <laughs> and all that other bullshit. But. but did you did you watch any of the episodes of Gilligan's Island? Yeah because yeah, Gilligan's Island took place in the early sixties, even before I was watching it as a you know, I was just a baby.
1: I, I've watched some of Gilligan's Island. Not a ton.
0: But some. Yeah. <laughs> Same way with Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, I've
1: watched all those.
0: Yeah, but see, I was just a baby when that came out. Well, don't tell Doro, but I've watched all those. That's, <laughs> but but you see, there's there's a few uh, shows that that played in in uh, rerun or syndication that uh, you're familiar with. But sure. that was way before, even before you were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you're familiar with it.
1: Of course, yeah. yeah and somehow somehow the lost saucer wasn't one or the yeah.
0: monkeys yeah so anyway um you know the monkeys have been you know on again off again semi-active since like 1986 after the original uh lineup broke up right and then they toured you know with various members under the monkey name I think you know mostly davy Jones and Mickey dolan's and uh, Peter Torque or a combination of those three, because Mike Nesmith never or didn't want to participate for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Nesmith uh, about his mother. Are you familiar with his mother? Nope. She invented liquid paper. Really? Yeah. Wow. So she, she struck it rich as a, you know, as a, um, receptionist in the 70s because she invented liquid paper
1: and then she what used that wealth to prostitute
0: her kid into tv no not at all not at all but she left him her estate which was worth you know a bunch of money okay but but he he and and i always thought this that oh well he was a you know he was uh the product of somebody who struck it rich in the 70s right but but Michael Nesmith uh was very successful on his own okay so uh monkey's singer and guitarist michael nesmith a pop visionary who penned many of the group's most uh, in, uh during songs before laying the groundwork for country rock with the first national band in the early 70s died friday from natural causes he was 78 um, I learned something this week. I wasn't aware where he was concerned. Okay, uh, you're obviously familiar with Linda Ronstadt, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know the song "Beat of a Different Drum"? You and I march to the beat of a different drum. He wrote that. Oh, no kidding! Okay. I had no idea. I, I just learned that this week. I didn't know that he wrote that song. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, infinite love, we announced that Michael Nesmith has passed away this morning in his home, surrounded by his family, peacefully of natural causes. His family said in a statement, we ask that you respect their privacy at this time. And we thank you for the love and the light that all of you have shown him and us. Now I wasn't aware, but, uh, Mickey Dolans and M- Michael Nesmith, the, 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 you know, surviving monkeys, we're out on a quote-unquote farewell tour that ended just three weeks ago
1: yeah in new york or new jersey
0: no no no, no at the greek theater in la
1: was it all right yeah. there's video i'm looking up struggle right now maybe you just saw the last show in new york
0: yeah know. they they ended the tour at the greek theater in la just three weeks ago
1: yeah Guess dude didn't want to die before he fucking finished it up, right?
0: Well, that's interesting. You brought that up. He was dying of heart failure. Still, tr- still soldiered on. He did. He did. Good for him. Uh, he uh he had heart issues. He had like a triple bypass, uh, like a year or so ago. Okay. And during the whole COVID knock lockdown and all that bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, he literally allowed himself. Sorry, He allowed himself to, uh, you know, almost atrophy away just, just from inactivity. Okay. And I was reading his manager, uh, was given a little interview yesterday about his passing. And they said that he, he was like, he did the Phil Collins thing at the very beginning of the tour. He, he barely could walk on stage. Right. He had to to use a cane when he did walk. And he sat most during the shows. Mm-hmm. But once he got out on the road and started doing the shows during this farewell tour, right? He got to the point to where he could do the entire show standing up and moving around stage and everything. Oh, well, there he is, standing up. I know. That's that's kind of what I was saying is that see obviously he has a chair right there behind him. Yeah. Better but, chair than Phil's. <laughs> exactly. But, but the thing is, is that he started the tour barely able to walk up on stage, let alone do anything else. Right. And then, uh, you know, according to his manager, at the end of the tour, he was out there moving around and, you know, standing the whole show and, you know, performing the whole show standing up. So, right. so it kind of like uh, re-energized him to actually get up and move around and do some shit. You know what I mean? He sucked it up right to the end.
1: Good for him.
0: Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. And they were just like, you know, th- he knew that he was was having heart issues. But the thing is, is he was just like, I fucking love this. Let's get out here and rock. And they actually had, even though they knew that, that he was, you know, iffy at best with his uh, health problems. Yeah. They they booked a cruise for next year to do a do a like a cruise thing. Is you Jimmy know. being the bassist? Is what?
1: Was Jimmy Bain the
0: bassist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was Yeah, it's just kind of bizarre, but go ahead and play some of that video. All
1: right, here
0: we go. It's only 46 seconds long. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's got a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, Mickey Dolans.
1: Yeah, he looks like he could do it for another six or eight months.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about Mickey Dolans? He was he was one of the original Hollywood vampires. Oh yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Alice Cooper and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey Dolans and uh who else was in that uh group? They 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 would they had their um they had their roost up at the at the rainbow bar and grill. And they would just sit up there and drink and party and take stuff. And Mickey Dolenz was one of them. Let's
1: see who all was in that group. It was the drinking club of Alice Cooper, Keith Moon, Ringo Starr, Mickey Dolenz, and Harry Nilsson.
0: There you go. What a group, huh?
1: And then the additional members that joined in, Keith Allison, John Belushi, Mark Bolan, Jack Cruz, Keith Emerson, Klaus Vorman, Joe Walsh, Bernie Toppin, John Lennon, and Mal Evans. Wow.
0: <laughs> so Mickey Dolan's a guy who couldn't even play drums. Yeah. Some somehow got himself shoehorned into the Hollywood music elite and became one of the Hollywood vampires. <laughs> Good for him. You know what I mean? That that had to have been a wild fucking time. Yeah, he lived a good life. No yeah, and he's still that. out there just, you know, doing his shit.
1: Yeah. No, he definitely is. I mean, it's, it's crazy that he's, you know, he's last man standing, so to speak, I he, guess.
0: He is. He is the last man standing.
1: You know, because this guy's in the dirt. Yeah. What's his name? Michael Nesmith.
0: Michael Nesmith, Peter Torque, Davy Jones, all gone. Hmm. You know, and again, Davy Jones making a, a cameo on, uh, Brady Bunch? Yeah. Because Marsha had a big crush on him.
1: Who would you go see? That guy today or Phil
0: Collins? <sighs> who Who are we kidding. talking about? Who are we talking Nes- about? Nesmith. N- would I go see him today? Ago. One week ago. Oh, a week ago. Well, at least Nesmith could stand. <laughs> he looks like he's bringing it. <laughs>
1: I think I'd go see that guy.
0: Yeah, at least he could stand. He wore the John Travolta suit. Yeah, I mean the suit is something. <laughs> I'm ready for him to strike the pose, staying alive. I don't think he lifted his arm that high. Let's not <laughs> be Uh Nesmus was known as the monkey in the green wool hat with the thick taxes drawl. Texas drawl and the writer of songs like Mary Mary, Circle Sky, Listen to the Band, and The Girl I Knew Somewhere. But he raged behind the scenes that the group didn't have the creative control of its albums and in 1967 led the successful rebellion rebellion against the record producer Don Kirshner. The group subsequently released Headquarters and other albums created largely on its own. So, again, for the for the real musicians in the band they were kind of frustrated that they couldn't um uh, actually showcase their musicianship as the monkeys on tv yeah jeez uh in a, hated
1: their own show then right what was that they must have hated their own show they did
0: there there was a lot of acrimony there and that's why it only lasted two seasons because there was like uh well you know we're musicians why can't we play our own music and i think If I'm not mistaken, uh, one of our favorite documentaries, the wrecking crew. Yeah. I think the wrecking crew did a lot of their music. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Of course they did. They did everybody's music. That's
0: my point. They, they did. I think they did a lot of the, the monkeys music. That's wild. Uh huh. Uh, in a 2012 interview with Rolling Stone, Nesmith explained why he was so adamant that the monkeys write and record their own material despite the huge success they were enjoying at the time. We were kids with our own taste in music and were happier performing songs like we did and or wrote. Uh, then songs uh, I hate when that happens. I gotta turn that shit off. Then songs that were handed to us, he said it made for better performances. It was more fun. That this became a bone of contention seems strange to me, and I think to some extent to each other, sort of, what's the big deal? Why why won't you let us play our songs? We are singing. Before we even joined the monkeys, Nesmith wrote a breakup song called Different Drum. The monkeys producer said to him, That's not a monkey song. Mickey Dolans told Rolling Stone in 2016, Michael said, Wait a minute. I'm one of the monkeys. He gave it to Linda Ronstadt, and the rest is history. Yeah, and she made all the money. Well, he made all the publishing, but yeah, of course. But still, he probably would have liked to have made all the money too. Sure, but but again, I just learned that yesterday, and I had no idea. Yeah, and you you know what a trivia buff I am. I know. So after <laughs> are, all these, what are
1: some other Linda Ronstadt songs?
0: I'm looking her up right now. Kind
1: of of she had like a bunch of hits. Yeah, it's kind of, uh,
0: Blue by you. Oh, yeah. Blue by you. Uh, you're no good.
1: Yeah, no good.
0: You're exactly. It's no a good one. Uh, when will I be loved? When will I be loved? Yeah. When When's will nothing? I be loved? I've
1: been cheated. That she read right? any of her own?
0: Yeah, she read any of her own material? Probably not. But oh, again, no, she, she, had, she had she uh, had Don Henley and and um, Glenn uh, Fry Glenn Fry behind her.
1: Yeah, she was fucking one or both of them, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, well, she did. She did a Eagle. I think this is a Eagle song, Desperado.
1: Oh yeah, Desperado. Mm-hmm. Desperado. Why don't you come
0: to your senses? Yeah, she was fucking Jerry Brown. She's fucking everybody.
1: <laughs> she's trading pussy for choruses. Yes. <laughs> I could not blame her. She made millions doing it. She did. Now and she you-
0: now she's all invalid and shit. Isn't she a fatso too now? Well, she she gained a lot of weight back in the '80s when she was with that uh, Nelson Riddle band. Of course, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Riddle band. <laughs> now Nelson Riddle. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, she got all she got all chubbed up. Now she now she can't even sing because she's got some. I think she's got Parkinson's or something, or MS. I think she's got MS now or something.
1: Oh, that's oh Jesus! This is tragic. My goodness, what happened? What happened? She looks like a homeless lady. Yeah. Oh, that's Ann Wilson. Come on, that's not her, (laughs) dude. She looks like. Remember, remember Jerry on the Facts of Life. Yes, of course. She looks like not thinking funny. <laughs> she looks like if Jerry had a fat sister. Right. Jeez oh man, look at this photo. What happened? It used to be kind of something.
0: Well, uh the, the the picture that that I always had in my head was when she was wearing those little silk uh dolphin shorts on skates. Yeah, look at that. Jeez. Yeah, she could be Valerie Burtonelli's fat sister. Fatter sister.
1: Jeez, oh man!
0: Can't remember what the album was called, but but uh-huh. she was like on skates. On skates. Yeah she she was wearing like blue dolphin shorts and skates and stuff. I, it was like '78 somewhere around there. I can't remember the name of the album though.
1: Skates album. It is living in the USA.
0: I don't know. I don't know the name of it. I just remember the album cover and it was just like, that was pretty fucking hot. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. As a kid though, because this was like 77, 78. Oh, this is going to change your opinion. Well, it might be. I mean, I, all I remember is I was just a kid though. Yeah. This will
1: quickly change your opinion.
0: <laughs> I just remember like standing in a doorway or something. I think this was, a long
1: age, time. this was the age when you'd rub your dick to anything.
0: Yeah, of course. That's what I'm trying to make a point here.
1: Where's that picture? Why isn't it showing up? I don't know. There it is.
0: Yep. That's it.
1: The but
0: pads yeah. But that, again, that was what 78, I think 77. Who cut her hair? Mark Starachi. Well, you know, that <laughs> That was the style, but I remember the blue shorts and the, in the, uh, you know, the disco jacket, it was disco skating. I guess it was, I guess, but, but she was, you know, again, when you're like 10, 12 years old and you're checking that out, it's like, oh, that's Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's Linda. All right.
1: And now here's Linda and the rest of her. Goodness, It's a different, different time. Clearly she ate the skates, right? My goodness.
0: All right. Well, Hey, good for her. <laughs> All I can do is just remember as a kid because she was popular back when I was a youngster. She's fat Sally field now. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, doesn't she look like fat Sally field? He
1: does with darker hair. Yeah the headpiece on that almost looks like a helmet from a star wars movie look at that jesus all right i can't look at that anymore it's depressing (laughs) depressing seeing all these fucking chicks that were once hot and just fall right off the cliff right it really is sad Is, is is it the biggest penalty ever for a chick to get famous because they and just unless, unless, they, unless they can keep it together, but but they can't. Let's just be honest; they can't.
0: Um. Well, okay. I know Britney Spears is not old. What is she forty?
1: 30. Yeah, forty.
0: Yeah. It, it has Britney Spears kept it together for you?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. But you know what? Half of the Britney appeal is that she's nuts. She's a she's a nutty chick. Yeah. That is absolutely appealing to me that she's a fucking kook.
0: All right. Well, one of our favorite girls, Susanna Hoffs, says she kept it together at 60. Or right, 60. But you're, you're going to the exceptions. Yeah. Well, again, you, you said about being famous. It just <laughs> it doesn't apply to all. Most Majority, them, yes. All, no. Most of them become Rosie O'Donnell. Romaine. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at Linda. With the little skinny waist and cute, that. cute. But man, who punched her in the nose? Yeah, she's got the she got the big old nose going on there. But but yeah. the interesting thing is she's wearing all the turquoise jewelry of the seventies. Sneak man sold it to her. Yeah, that would that's that's like Led Zeppelin territory right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All the all the turquoise. She's turquoise. in Vegas.
1: That's- was in Vegas outside of a club and some guy came up to her and just said hey would you like to buy some jewelry yeah turquoise and silver that was <laughs> that was like the thing just pet my sick dog while I make your jewelry for you right Sophie. I'll make it right here I'll make it right here <laughs> the snake man yeah
0: <laughs> was she a was she a zep groupie uh she was just in that whole era early mm-hmm. 70s. Yeah, yeah. She, she was in the whole Jackson Brown Eagles, you know, Ron. She was a Southern California sound. She was that Southern California sound girl. Looks like someone fish hooked her in this fucking picture. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, she I know.
1: Like, this side of her mouth is not like a big hole, but this yeah. side looks like a big old, a big old thing. She does. She looks like she caught, got caught swimming by a hook and somebody just pulled hard.
0: Yeah. Oh, old, Jerry, old Jerry Brown, former governor of California, had no issue with that. I don't doubt it. His dick still spit, fit in that mouth.
1: Right. Who would have problem fucking that? Not me. <laughs> Make her sing Blue Balls You or something? <laughs> Blue Balls You. <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
0: so that's mike nesmith wrote that good for him yeah made some money sure he did but but again he was trying to prove himself as a songwriter and uh you know the producers of the tv show the monkeys would not allow uh the guys in the band or the the, the guys, the monkeys to perform their own music. And it says, look, I, I wrote a song. Look at Linda Ronstadt is performing it.
1: But did he write that song during the monkeys run? Yeah,
0: he did it okay. um, prior. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, the, like I said, Peter Tork, the bassist, and Mike Nesmith were actually musicians. All right. That were selected to do the show. And they were just like, well, why can't we play? And they're just like, because you're just a TV band.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Well. Sucks to be them and then Millie Vanilli get a Grammy. How's that exactly. work? <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole irony of it, the whole thing.
1: You know, the minute you know that guy was watching the Grammys. Of course. And he knew that Millie Vanilli was phony because he's in the business. And you know he was like, Motherfuck! You know, you know, when he saw them win that Grammy.
0: Of you course. He was mad as a motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, when the monkeys dissolved in the late 60s, Nesmith formed the first national band, and despite recording three classic country rock albums escaping the shadows of the monkeys proved nearly impossible. The group broke up shortly before the Eagles hit it big with Take It Easy. Okay. So they were basically doing what the Eagles did. Right. And the Eagles became big due to that country rock, Boy. you know, thing. This guy lived a life of agony. He did well at first. He did. But his name, like forever. But his name wasn't Keith Caputo either. No, or or Mina or whatever.
1: <laughs> but, but this guy, everything about his career is watching somebody else do it and make all the money.
0: Yeah, I, that's the whole irony of it. No, yeah. the, the guy, the guy was, you know, he was an innovator and kind of ahead of his time and had a lot of good ideas and. Uh this goes back to what we were talking about very early in the show tonight. It's just like, you know, other people have had are are talented and they do a lot of thing but they don't get the break other people get. Yeah. They don't get the recognition and they might have been absolutely superstars but they just didn't get the spotlight shown on them at that time. Right? I was heartbroken beyond speech, Nesmith told Rolling Stone in 2018. I couldn't even utter the words. The Eagles. And I love Hotel California, and I love the Eagles and the Flying Burrito Brothers and the Birds. uh, Sweethearts of the Rodeo, all that stuff. That was right in my wheelhouse, and I was agonized. Van Gogh agonized, not to compare myself to him, but I wanted to cut something off because I was like, why is this happening? The Eagles now have the biggest selling album of all time, and mine is sitting in the closet of a closed record company. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> yeah. Nesma spent the rest of the 70s recording under-the-radar solo albums. In 1977, he promoted his single, Rio, which, of course, uh, you know, Duran Duran capitalized. <laughs> That's not the same. No, I, I'm just kidding about that. Uh, with the Clever Music video that got a lot of play in Europe and Australia, uh, turning the song into a mirror hit. It gave him an incredible idea. I realized that radio is to records as television is the video, he told Rolling Stone. Then it was like, of course, and thus MTV was born. I just took the idea and put together some programs and sent it to Warner Brothers and so forth. Next thing you know, there it was. He put this thing together for music video clips <laughs> and they took it and made MTV out of it. This fucking guy. Holy. I know. He, he really This is tragic. I know that's, that's, that's why I wanted to cover the story. Cause I know you could give a shit about the monkeys. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. I didn't know any of this stuff. I did. I knew a lot of this. I didn't know all of it, but I knew a lot of it. And, uh, you know, this guy was just like, just, just behind the curve, you know, yeah. and, and whatever it was he was doing kind of took off just like after, you know. Every time. Yeah. His life changed forever in 1980 when his mother, liquid paper inventor Betty Nesmith Graham, died and left him her substantial fortune. <laughs> she she created liquid paper in a blender in her kitchen.
1: Meanwhile, this guy invented MTV and didn't get dick. (laughs) Didn't get shit. Didn't get dick, and he invented something that probably made $100
0: billion. Right. Jeez. He used the money to invest in a series of businesses along with movies like Repo Man and Tape Heads. Jeez, good to see he invested well. (laughs) Jesus
1: (laughs) Christ, Repo Man? Clearly, he didn't have a, a pension for the movies, did he? Jesus. Uh well you'll be surprised. Don't uh, tell me that you're going to that these movies did well.
0: No 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 no. Okay. But but he he was able to he had a uh, a home video project that okay. he sold to uh, I think it was like PBS. Okay. And they they basically stole it and he was able to sue them and he wanted judgment for 46 million dollars. Wow.
1: All right. Well I'm officially done feeling bad for him now. <laughs> I don't know if he got paid though. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and then immediately
0: bankruptcy and yeah. didn't pay him shit. <laughs> right. He didn't participate in the monkeys reunion tours of the eighties, leading into the false impression he was ashamed of his pop past. Uh quite the contrary, he told Rolling Stone in twenty thirteen it was a nice part of the resume. It was fun for me and a great time of my life. I mean where do you want me where to be where do you want to be in the 60s except in the middle of rock and roll hanging out with the scene London was the absolute blast and so was la back then there was so much going on uh he returned to the monkeys in 1996 with the LP justice and a brief UK tour but he wouldn't return on a permanent basis until 2012 when the surviving members toured in the aftermath Math of Davy Jones's death. A series of American Monkey tours followed, and he participated in Good Tunes, or rather, Good Times. Their 2016 comeback LP. The Monkeys launched a farewell tour earlier this year, and he played their final show at the Greek Theater at Los Angeles on November 14th. Right. Uh, despite uh, all of this, he was never quite sure the Monkeys who were formed uh, by TV producers, were actually a real band. All three of us have our own ideas, he told Rolling Stone in 2016. This being, what is this thing? What have we got here? What's required of us? Is this a band? Is this a television show? When you go back to the genesis of this thing, it is a television show because it has all those traditional beats, but something else was going on. And it struck a chord way out of proportion to the original swing of a hammer. Uh, You hit the gong and suddenly it's huge. So, you know, regardless if uh, you're a fan or not, uh, they had a, you know, they had an impact on pop culture.
1: Sure. You know, I don't know if this is true, but I heard a rumor that he was buried just outside the
0: gate of the uh, funeral. (laughs) He didn't quite quite make it in all the way.
1: (laughs) They didn't let him into the cemetery either. He said, yeah,
0: pick a spot by the tree next to the gate. Yeah. Well, th- this guy did not die a pauper. No, not at all. He-, he was not buried in Potter's Field in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Dude, you but, have to have money to pay for that suit. Yes. Look at that thing. Yeah. But uh, he he did have a lot of successes on his own, though, surprisingly enough. And, uh, you know, the-, the guy had a... Yeah, he was he was one of these guys that uh, believed in what do you want to call natural um, uh what do you want to call uh, health health remedies and stuff oh, yeah homeopathic or, or something uh something scientist what do you call that something scientist I don't yeah, know. yeah 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 where, where you you don't take traditional drugs or anything it's
1: it's a homeopathic Solutions or whatever. Right? Yeah, but but, where, where but
0: instead of, it's, instead of taking an aspirin, you eat two ginger roots. Exactly. Exactly. He was all into the natural yeah. cures and shit like that. Right. So so he just what he he just wasn't a believer in holistic. Yeah, yeah holistic. Yeah, he was into holistic <laughs> medicines. Oh, yeah, well, good for him. Yeah, but but he did relent. Uh, you know, a couple years ago and actually went under the knife to get a uh, triple bypass surgery.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure the knife was biodegradable though. So that it can be thrown away right after.
0: It was one of those knives that you get in one of those plastic packets from like Fazoli's.
1: Yeah. Right. It was made out of some animal's
0: bone. <laughs> so it just rot away after a while. Right. <laughs> So, uh, so at 78 years old, Michael Nesmith of the monkeys passed away three weeks after finishing up their tour.
1: Well, at least he, yeah, at least he finished the tour. Yeah. Good on him.
0: And, uh, you know, according to his manager, I, I read a article earlier today that he was, uh, you know, he was like, actually, yeah, th- this is a good time. It's like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You're almost pushing 80 and people are coming out to see you. Yeah. In your John Travolta suit. It's a feel-good story, really. I mean, (laughs) honestly. I mean, he finished up the tour basically 21 days ago, and now he's in the ground.
1: And didn't have time to get depressed about being off the road again. No. I mean, when you think about it, the guy had a bad heart. He's 150 years old. So you got (laughs) to think the first week that he was home, all he did was sleep. Right. You know, he probably didn't even unpack. Then he had his thirty-five-year-old wife come in and unpack things for him. I'm sure. Right, right. You know, blew him a couple times, and he died.
0: That seems like a good way to go. Yeah, I played. I played. Uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Bob Seger song about uh, that? That the song that uh, Metallica covered. Turn the page. Yeah, turn the page. He turned the page. He
1: did. Good on him that's what honestly you know I'm being half joking but I'm not being
0: that joking good on him for dying the way you want to go well again even his manager uh, the uh, article I read even his manager was just like you know what what a great way to go out yeah like I I died doing what I did I, I basically returned to the genesis of my popular career yeah people came out to see me they they applauded they enjoyed the show. I got off the road and I went home and I died.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm I'm for it. Look, after doing a couple of days in the fucking hospital this year, I can tell you that's not the place you want to go. No, of course not. The last place you want to be is hooked up to a bunch of shit in a sterile hospital watching Law and Order reruns when you drop dead. You'd much rather be out there on tour, you know, having a bunch of fucking rubes and masks clapping for you. You know, you you probably he probably loved that.
0: Well, that was kind of the way Lemmy died, too. I mean, Lemmy played his show, like what, like 14 days before he died? Yeah, his, right before. his last show was like two weeks before he passed away. Yeah, and he probably felt like he was off tour. Yeah. 14
1: days. He probably wanted to die on stage. Right. You know, you know Lemmy would have liked to have died on stage. And that would have been the most fitting way to
0: go. Yeah, well, he was pretty damn close.
1: Wouldn't that have been something if the final court of, of ace of spades, Dan and Dan dead, that would have been the way for Lemmy to go. Yeah. Then cook him up and dump him into bullets and send him all around the country as he did. Right. Still the coolest way to go.
0: Well, again, you know, the, these guys who had the passion for what they do, uh, you know, the, this guy had a, you know, career. I mean, obviously he, he, he didn't starve. As an adult, I mean, he was a, he was, you know, a young man back in the sixties when he was selected to be as part of the monkeys TV show. Right. And then, uh, you know, by a good fortune, his, and this doesn't take away from, you know, his personal accomplishments, but, uh, you know, his mother had the good fortune of inventing a product that allowed her to become a very wealthy person. Right. So he didn't want for anything, but that didn't keep him. He, he didn't live like a trust fund baby or something.
1: Oh, his, his will's probably written right out of his
0: mother's blender. <laughs> so he continued, uh, you know, creating and, you know, trying to write music and perform and play and make videos and, you know, do all kinds of other things. And, uh, you know, he, he embraced his past and it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm a monkey. I'll forever be a monkey. And, uh, you know, I got failing health now and this opportunity comes up and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rise to the occasion and get off my ass and I'm going to go out there and do this at 78 years old and, you know, give the fans what they want I mean, I again I've not taken anything away from the monkeys, but I personally am not, not a fan. I yeah. mean I know I know their songs. I I I don't think I've ever said, man, I want to hear that monkey song.
1: Yeah, I've never done that.
0: You know, but but I know people who are like that. They yeah. love that shit. And of course you mentioned, you know, Mark Striggle. Yeah. And and Corey Roddick. Yeah. I mean they know- they, 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 they love that monkeys music or you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, they love that shit. So
1: they 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 do have a following. It's I I wonder if every band has that has, I mean obviously at different levels. But does every band every band that stays around more than a minute have, even if it's just 10, 10 of those fans that love them? Are there are there a thousand Herman and the Hermits fans running around anymore? Who knows? You know or. Or how many Andy Kim fans do you think there are out there?
0: Well, I I think I think for people like the Monkees or the Beatles or uh, you mentioned Hermit and the Hermits or Herman and the Hermits, yeah, Herman's Hermits or whatever, whatever. It uh, is. You know, uh, some of these nostalgia acts or or even even a band that I actually do like that I'm a fan of is. Tommy James and the Shondells. Sure. I'm a Tommy James fan. I like Tommy James. I mean, if I had the opportunity, I would go see Tommy James. I mean, he's that guy's still torn around. He kind of looks freakish. Yeah. You know, but, but I would go see Tommy James because I like his music. Sure. Let me, let me just,
1: <laughs> cause it's coming up in the chat room. Andy Kim saying rock me gently.
0: Yes. That's well. all he's saying. Rock me gently, rock me slowly. Take it easy, don't you know? I I only
1: throw that one out because our our station manager Corey, that is his absolute least favorite artist of all time. So funny is Andy Kim. So any chance I see to throw an Andy Kim reference in there, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> and it's not often that there's a, that there's space for an Andy Kim reference, in. right? <laughs>
0: Again, that that's one of those that's one of those one hit wonders of the seventies.
1: I think he had two because he did Baby I Love You as well.
0: Maybe I love you. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Andy Kim, let me pull it up real quick. Rock Kim, and Baby I love you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You're right. Those are his two. Yeah, that is.
1: Now we're talking
0: mean it good, mean it right
1: that you are with me here tonight. Music
0: playing, our body swaying in time. Da, da, da. Touching you, so warm and tender. Lord, I feel such a sweet surrender. Beautiful is the dream that makes you mine. Rock me gently Rock me slowly Take it easy Don't you know That I have never been loved Like this before Baby, baby have you really listen to that?
1: Dude, I listen to that song all the time He doesn't even sing Oh, he's just talking He just
0: talks the words just It's, it's like uh, Alright Well, you're not really singing, and you don't really have anything that's spectacular in vocal ability. Hey, just having a little conversation. I guess it's bizarre. Love it. It's a great song. All right. Well, here's Baby, I Love You.
1: Have I ever told you?
0: How good
1: it feels to hold you? It isn't easy to explain. And though I'm really trying I think I may start crying. Oh, I can't wait another day. When you touch me, I just got to say,
0: Baby, I love you.
1: Baby,
0: I love you. baby, I love you. Come on, baby, you. <laughs> <laughs> I Reminds me of Mark Wahlberg and in um, that uh, uh, what what shit what was that what was that porno movie that was in Ah uh, Boogie Nights Boogie Nights where he's trying to be a pop star yeah. and throw, throw all that reverb on his voice he's not a good singer at all of course that's exactly what that reminds me of it does it definitely does. <laughs> i'm we'll be right